Hey everybody, my name is Justin Murphy and this is my podcast. It's called Other Life because it's where I talk about all the things I don't get to talk about in normal life. So if you're into it, you should definitely subscribe. And if you'd like to talk to other people interested in what I'm interested in or ask me questions or request future topics or guests, please just follow the link in the show notes. Finally, I just want to give a huge thanks to all the donors and patrons. I could not keep this podcast running without financial backers, so I'm very grateful. And I would just say that if you enjoy this podcast or my blog or my videos, please do consider signing up to give a little bit of money each month. It would really help me grow out this project, and it would mean a lot to me. So thanks a lot. Now on to the podcast, over and out. Uh, This is a new experiment under the Other Life podcast umbrella. For those of you who have been following everything I've been doing over the past year or two, you'll know that the Other Life podcast until now has pretty much been a kind of uh, whatever I feel like doing that week. And that has its pros and cons. And I uh, decided now to try a very focused series of podcasts. And in this series, we're going to be talking with kind of interesting, creative, or intellectual people on the internet who are pursuing uh, very interesting hustles, pretty much. We're going to be talking about how to make money in interesting ways, pretty much. And we're going to be talking with people who are doing this in in ways that are really kind of thinking outside the box. And we're going to try to learn uh, all the different options out there available for people who are trying to make their own way uh, on the internet and looking for, you know, new types of lifestyles that are that are better than what they kind of currently see as available options. So uh, Ayla has been kind enough to be my first guinea pig in this in this experimental series because Ayla's been working on OnlyFans recently. And OnlyFans is something we'll, we'll, we'll break it down for you in just a minute, but I think the quickest way to summarize it for people who have no idea what we're talking about today is it's an app that seems to be kind of revolutionizing the adult industry. And uh, we're going to learn what it's all about, what it's like, uh, what Ayla's experience has been so far, and hopefully we can learn a thing or two about, yeah, kind of internet economics and uh, how how attraction and desire and income are evolving today. So thank you very much for coming out, coming out, Ayla. I appreciate it. My pleasure. And uh, you're one of the few people who I'm doing a second round with. I, I, gener- I haven't done too many uh, second rounds on my podcast, so I'm, I'm happy to have you a second time. Yeah. But I'm glad you must have not, uh, you must have enjoyed it somewhat, I guess, the first time. Around. Right. <laughs> I was just going to say that. Like, uh, I don't really remember what we talked about, but I remember I had a good time. You remember not hating it, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you volunteered to do this. So thank you very much. I'm very grateful. So let's just get right into it then. So why don't we start by t- just kind of, you can break it down better than I can, I'm sure. How would you describe OnlyFans to someone who has no idea what we're talking about? Like Patreon for sex workers, sort of. Okay. Uh, but really simplified, you tend to like subscribe to a girl. She sets her own price. You pay it and it takes money out of your account every month. And um, then there's like a couple other ways that you can give her money in smaller amounts through the platform, like such as unlocking direct to view content or tips or fundraising. This is like the basic system. Right. So my understanding, I did some research and, uh, you know, research. No, I'm just kidding. Actual research. But uh, (laughs) my understanding is there's actually a lot of options for how you can kind of package things and sell them. Right. So there's a kind of subscription element like Patreon. Right. But then there's also kind of one-offs you can do. So why don't you break that down a little bit exactly? It'll be interesting to kind of get into the details of like what, as a creator on OnlyFans, what really are all of your options for packaging items and selling them? Right. So you can have, um, there's two types of accounts. You can have free and paid. Um, OnlyFans allows girls to have, I'm going to say like girls by default because I'm used to camming, which is primarily female. So I apologize if that's just the way that I refer to this, but um you have two basic accounts, free and paid. Um, 
which is like can be associated with the same girl uh so i'm like according to their service is like allowed to have two and with your free one um it doesn't cost anything to subscribe at all you can but you can uh put unlock to view content on the feed so like you can scroll down her feed and you see something with like a little lock mark on it and then you click it and pay some money and you get to unlock it um that's like the free account system and with the paid one um, it's you have to subscribe to view everything on the timeline. You don't have to unlock. It's just automatically viewable. Um, but you can also get DMs from the girl uh, where she can send you uh, like a thing to unlock privately in your PMs. Um, so a lot of girl strategies revolve around either being particularly subscription heavy and making most of their money through that and providing a lot of free content inside um, and like or cheaply pricing your mass DMs um, or be like amassing a whole bunch of followers because you have a very low subscription price and then really working the, the pay to view model once they're in. Right, right. And one of the things I find very fascinating about this is there are all these options, right, for how you can structure your business model in, in a sense. And it's not really clear a priori, like what is the optimal, right? So there's this kind right. of mass experimentation going on right now, really. And so I would love to hear kind of what's your, how are you strategizing your business model? Like what are the choices you're making? Uh, and, and the wagers that you're making on, on what's optimal. Yeah, I'm really not sure. I've only been seriously doing this for a month and a half. So, and there's okay. like a lot about this that I'm really realizing that I don't really know. Um, but it's only seriously picked up in like what, the last six months, I think. Um, most of the top girls right now started about six months ago from what I can see. There's been an explosion recently in the past few months. Yeah. Right. Um, I forgot, what was your question again? Oh, just I'm curious, how are you thinking about the, the strategic choices and options of structuring your business model? Since you have all the, all of these different levers and different ways of packaging, like how are you saying it strategically and how are you structuring right. your, your business model? So, so really, I'm kind of being unoriginal. I'm like looking at the ways other girls who are very successful are doing it and then like kind of trying. So Smart. right now, my subscription price is like $22, $23, um, which is relatively high. Yes. A month. Okay. Most girls, maybe, you know, are, are between like five, $5 is pretty average, maybe $3. Um, and then like 15 is usually like kind of rare to see. Um, so I'm at 23. My friend is at $30. Um, so this is like does the thing psychologically where you're like conveying yourself as a really high value thing, but like right. also reduces the amount of followers you have following you. And that's like the amount of sales you can make on the platform. Right. But it also lowers your kind of customer service costs too, right? Like as in you have fewer people that you have to talk to? Not only, yes, that is one part of it, fewer people, but also you're weeding out probably more annoying people, perhaps. This is probably pretty likely. Um, I think like you just have to really have a different kind of strategy when you're doing like very low subscription price and very high churn um, because this is also a thing, there's churn. So like like girls have on average have about a 50% resub rate. So you can see the amount of people subscribed to you that have their resub turned on. Um, and this appears to be about 50% even and it stays around that that point for basically all girls that I've ever heard say anything about it. Um, and wait, can, resub, resub means what? Um, the amount of people you have subscribed to you that have it turned on to renew your subscription to you. Automatically. Right. Otherwise, okay. it'll just turn off in a month and then your subscription count drops by the person that left. Oh, so that sounds huge, right? You need to push people to do the resub. Right. And so uh, most people have like a calculation of the amount of subs that they need to gain every day in order to maintain or have a certain percentage of growth. And for a lot of the top girls, this could be like 50 to 100 people every single day. Right. Wow. Okay. So before we get into this too much, maybe to motivate this for people, could you tell us a little bit of a, a little bit about your revenue figures? Give us give us a snapshot of your metrics, would you? Yeah, I made um, $14,000 in April. 
which was my the first month that I tried to do this. All right. All right. And how much of that is scheduled to to renew? Um, so right now my resub rate is 64%. Okay. Um, and it started out much lower. I think the first time I measured my resub rate, it was at 45%. Um, so okay. in top girls in this area, um, are I've seen like screenshots of figures like $35,000. One girl had, I think like $700,000 made last year or something. And of that 14,000 you made in the first month, how much of that is coming from the monthly subscription versus the one-off things that you do for people or offer people? I, I can't, I can take a moment to check this specifically if you want, but off the top of my head, I think just it's roughly, like, what would you guess? 75% subscription. Okay. Interesting. Now, how much have you really started kind of experimenting and testing or optimizing for those one-off things? Cause I imagine you could get pretty clever and come up with like really expensive things, right? Yeah. Well, it's all, it's all gets into the whole like fucking branding bullshit and like marketing. So like I recently did a game, right. Where I sent three photos. One of them was a sexy nude. The other two were like random art pieces and they were all priced the same amount and you can't see which one is which. And so I said, try and unlock the one that you think is the nude. Right. So it's like, it's like the stupid little game. This is, this is one example or girls will do the thing where they, uh, they'll send out a very cheaply priced thing. And then they say the first 20 people to buy, get it. And then I'm unsending because you can like pull things out of people's inboxes if okay. you want. And then after that, they'll resend for the proper full price. So there's like a whole bunch of like random little strategies that you can do. Right. So how would you describe your brand on OnlyFans? I don't I, see. I'm very <laughs> confused about this. I am having like some sort of identity crisis, um, which is not sure. So I've had a lot of really inconsistent pricing for a while. I'm slowly starting to figure out um, what I'm doing, but it's definitely like very slice of life sort of thing. So like uh, I posted, you know, tours of my new apartment. I just moved, which is why this is a wreck right now. Um, and you, upgrade, you upgraded your apartment because you got those OnlyFans bucks coming in. <laughs> yeah, actually kind of. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wanted to move for a while, but this really gave me like the push to, to be able to do that. Okay. Interesting. Now, how many new uh, subscribers are you getting on a like weekly basis or something? I'm not sure. You're not um, sure. So I have, I think 580 subscribers right now. Um, and I've had 95 expired over the course of probably six weeks by this point. Okay. And it, is that because you didn't make enough preparations for uh, kind of retaining those people? Like, are there, are there things you can do now to retain yeah. better? You can send um, special things to people who have resub turned on. So a lot of girls will have like a like a promised reward that will only be sent to people with resub turned on. A lot of girls, including me, are doing random sends. So you can't like just turn it on to get the girl, then turn it off. You have to like have it on all the time to catch all the free goodies she's sending your way. Oh, interesting. So there's a randomization strategy. See this, I mean, you know, there's this idea in uh, game theory of, of uh, what they call mixed strategies. And uh, yeah, so that actually makes a lot of sense. Actually, if you can if you can randomize, uh, you can actually get you can milk you can you know I don't want to sound like uh, too exploitative of people or whatever, but you can get more out of them. Uh, or it's also it's also like the the uh, what do they call it like the behavioralists call it the uh, uh, the var the variable pacing. You know those experiments with with rats, right? Like if you give them cocaine on a variable schedule, right. uh, they actually get they get like more addicted <laughs> than if you give it to them on a consistent schedule or something to that effect. Yeah, I, th I think this is true. I think this is um, like sums up a lot of my approach to OnlyFans right now, which is kind of terrible. I 
like admit that this is kind of a morally gray area. But a lot of my thinking about how to work with this is I'm, I literally just use, model it off of phone app games. I'm like, what are the little techniques that these phone games that I like to play and I play for way too many hours? Like, what do they do to get me to spend more money or more time or whatever on, on their thing? So, so randomization is a really big one. Giving people like the illusion of control um, is another one. Okay, this is fascinating. So, right. So, okay. So, um, do you anticipate that your do you do do you feel like you have growth rates? Like next month is going to be significantly more than fourteen thousand, or what does it look like? So it really depends. Right now, um, girls who are doing well have established a very good funnel, which I have failed to do. So I have like basically a core set of followers which are are following me, and I have a strong sense that I'm going to tap that at some point, and it's going to trail off. Um, so really good girls are establishing funnels mostly on Reddit seems is the primary one that I've heard. Um, So there's like, there's these telegram groups, which I'm like a part of and it's overwhelming, but it's just like, like hundreds of girls like going at Reddit strategy and like having like lists and comparing notes about like what are the best subs to post on at what time. Right. Okay. So for people who don't know what we're talking about, a funnel is this word out of business land that pretty much refers to uh, kind of the flow of people into your uh, money-making schemes pretty much at the top of the funnel is sort of the public and it's the larger number of people who get exposed to what you're doing in any way. And then you, you slowly kind of bring them down into the funnel where they pay for things. Uh, so uh, what is your funnel then? Is it mostly through Twitter? Is that the top of your funnel? I'm trying to avoid Twitter. Are you? I'm trying to keep my Twitter like a little separate. Um, but right now, yeah. So Twitter, Snapchat, I have randomly a whole bunch of followers on Snapchat. Yeah. I haven't really paid attention to Snapchat in years, but I posted like, hey, I'm on OnlyFans now. And I got a whole bunch of subscribers, which is very bizarre. Mm. Well, um, for a while, uh, Snapchat was kind of a uh, poor man's OnlyFans because there were, people were doing yeah. like private private snaps and stuff like that for money. That, there was a bit of a culture around that for, for a little while. So it makes sense right. that you would find some traction there uh, incidentally. Yeah, and I never quite got into the OnlyFans, or sorry, the Snapchat for business thing. Mine was free, which mm. now ends up like it, it's a really good move because I amassed a really big uh, group. Okay, so so you're saying that most of your, the top of your funnel is coming through Twitter, but you're not sure if you're comfortable with that or, or what? Yeah, I want to move away from like the people who have been diehard fans for, you know, seven years. Like most of the people following me are people who've been following me for a really, really long time. And you want to avoid them because they kind of respect you for other reasons and you want to kind of maintain that and, or well, what, so what is I, it? So there's like a weird, so there's the people that followed me when I was doing porn back in the day and then there's the people who are following me now and they're like oh how exciting this girl that's non-porn is turning into porn and so we have like these different sections um i'm, I'm saying that they're an exhaustible resource you know like these these you'll run out of that up. right so i'm like i feel uncomfortable i feel insecure because i know that this is limited and i don't know when that well is going to run dry i see i see so have you experimented with other top of the funnel uh, places like are you active on reddit or what are you doing yeah so reddit um i'm i have a lot of plans for it. i haven't really gotten into it because i've been so busy with moving the last few weeks um, but i started to dabble um pornhub is a big one a lot of girls have started releasing their porn for free on pornhub which hmm. is and and uh like putting links to their only fans in their profile um there's red red gif so i don't know if you've giffy cat you know the website i think so um, which is a primary website that uh, Reddit uses to host GIFs 
or like people host it on Giphy Cat and then post to Reddit, and then it's integrated with Reddit. Um, well, Giphy Cat is making a new website to, to move all of its adult content to called RedGIF. Um, and we Reddit just accepted RedGIF to be integrated with its site after trying for months, I think, is what I've heard. I'm very excited. Um, so anyway, I got verified on RedGIF as like an official performer and like using that because you now people are going to navigate to my GIF that is posted wherever and then see that it was uploaded by me. That sort of thing. Okay. Um, there's okay. Tumblr. Um, there's, I don't know. Okay. That might be it. <laughs> it's like Tumblr, Snapchat, Twitter, Reddit, et cetera. Okay. Okay. Right. Interesting. And how many hours a week do you work on this? So the last week or so is kind of abnormal because I've been moving. So I kind of switched sure. my attention to that. But before that, I was spending like maybe 10 hours a day at least thinking about it. Um, it's just like I was dreaming about, I was having trouble sleeping because it was eating my brain, which apparently is a common phenomenon. A lot of the girls I've talked to have had interrupted sleep because it's just hijacking your brain. It's incredible. I'm so impressed. Wow. So, so tell me, tell me a little bit more about that. Is it negative feelings? Is it positive feelings? Is it, or what, what exactly is absorbing you? I, I feel like I'm skating really fast on like a bar and either side of me are flames. It's like sort of this feeling of like, this is fun. And I'm afraid that if I make one wrong move, I'll perish. And I know this isn't rational. Um, and what, what would the perishing be though? I don't just like, you know, you lose That's all just your the clubs and it's because like, there's a sense of having really high income, like right at your fingertips. And I think that like, is something that a lot of girls really aren't used to at this as like a really fast and sudden like explosion. Right. Um, and so this is like having weird psychological effects. Right. You're all of a sudden making $14,000 a month. You must be feeling like there, there must be something wrong here. There must be something must go <laughs> terribly wrong at some point. Is that what you mean? Right. Yeah. So fascinating. So on the whole, has it been, on the whole, it sounds like you mostly have positive emotions around it. Or have there been any negative emotions or has there, any, has, has there been anything about it that is notably negative? So this, this kind of reminds me when I first started camming where I was like, oh my God, this is a new thing. It's giving me like a lot of freedom. I'm super excited. And then, you know, fast forward five years and I like wanted to tear my eyes out. So right now I'm in the honeymoon phase where I'm like, actually, I can't complain. Right. This is incredible. I'm like happy that OnlyFans is taking 20% because I feel like they deserve it for improving my life so much. Like I'm in wow. like this level of like fanboy at OnlyFans. Um Interesting. Now, you said that you were kind of fixating on it mentally for a while. It was absorbing you, but how much labor hour, how many labor hours a week were you really putting into the, the service you were providing? Not that many. Um, I you had, had to guess. Of, oh, shit. Maybe like three hours a day of like actually clicking on things. Okay. So economically, this is by far the best thing available to someone like you by far right now. Is right. that fair to say? Besides like straight up high-end escorting, yeah. Right, okay. And, oh, so I, I'd, be, I'd be remiss not to ask, what are your personal lines with how far you go? Like, are you doing full nudes? Are you doing actual sex? Or, what, or how do you see that and what are your lines if you have them? That's, I'm, I'm still trying to figure that out. Right now, I'm doing full nudes on my main feed and then sending out like actual sexual content to people in pay-to-view DMs. And if, by the way, please stop me if at any point I'm prying too much, I'll just shut up if you tell me to, it's no problem at all. Um, but I'll just kind of keep asking until you put me in my place. Are you, and so the, the sex that you sell, is that with um, like a boyfriend or something? Or is that with like, who are you doing that with? If you don't mind me asking. They're old, old. So, so the, the actual porn where it's like with a boy are old videos. I haven't filmed any new porn in a while. Oh, interesting. Like, so you of, can repurpose stuff you just have sitting on your hard drive. 
Yeah. I don't have a ton. I think I only have like two video, two boy girl videos that like I will sell if somebody asks specifically for them. I have some, there's lots of girl girl stuff I need to hunt down. Um, But a lot of it's just like masturbation, which I can just film whenever. So someone who subscribes at 20 bucks a month gets a feed of you regularly posting full nudes. Yes. Is that right? Uh, But you pay, you have them pay extra if they want the, the actual sex videos. Right. And if you don't mind me asking, how much do you charge for those? So they're heavily discounted. I price them about 50% of what I used to sell them for on my free cams. So for example, I have like a really awesome boy girl video, which is super hot. And I used to sell it for a hundred dollars um, on, on my free cam. So I sell it for 50 on OnlyFans. And what's the logic for discounting it? Um, they're already paying to get into the thing. And I want right. to like retain them as like an ongoing, like monthly customer. Okay. Right. That makes sense. And, and it, my understanding is people can kind of send special requests to you. Is that right? And you can kind of like put a price on it. Has that happened? Or do you have any interesting stories about that? Um, yeah. Sorry. Um, I'm not like a huge personal request. Per- people have been relatively not that personal requesty. I think there's like someone's very interested in stockings right now. So I got to like pull out my <laughs> stockings, but um yeah, usually people who do personal requests right now because of like the kind of uh, audience that I have are like not people who are very like dedicated or high paying. Fascinating. So only only a f- only a few hours worth of work gets you uh, fourteen thousand a month, and really no negative side effects that you can report yet. Anyway, although you acknowledge that you know eventually it'll just kind of become like like a job with all of its normal annoyances. Now. Are you looking at this and you're kind of thinking uh, this is going to spread more and more to women such as yourself who the deal is just, it sounds like it's too good, right? Like there are probably a lot of people right now who kind of have some moral or uh, personal kind of discomfort with the, the idea of doing this sort of thing, but then they're going to hear stories like yours and it's just kind of like so much better than any other economic opportunity they have. Do you feel like this, is, this has to kind of uh, keep spreading because it's so good or what's your, what's your feeling there? Yeah, I'm a little confused about that. So so this is very similar to camming in the sense that you get a lot of money for a relatively not a lot of work. Um, but it's just kind of like increased, like the, like the positives on it are turned up a little bit um, because like it's, it is more secure than camming, which is a lot of people's primary concern. Um, so I think it's, this is, I mean, this is why it's so popular right now. Like it just exploded because of like these reasons. Um so I don't know if this is going to like cause a crash in the future. Like if everybody's going to get sick of it or the market's going to get oversaturated. Right. Seems likely. Were you ever on Patreon? We, I, yeah. But <laughs> I tried briefly. And it, you didn't have good results or what, what, what happened? Yeah, not really. Um, yeah. I, I don't, I don't, I'm not really familiar with like it. And also I'm not like that excited about having to like actually output real content. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's it's a similar game as the one you're describing with OnlyFans, but but yeah, different different in many ways, I think. Now, are there people on OnlyFans that do, do non-sexual content? Yes. Yeah, so you can just do like kind of uh, totally fully clothed, uh, kind of like private messages to people. And do people are there people making good money doing non-sexual stuff on OnlyFans? I think I think there are. Um, I know of one girl who's making good money who I think she does like maybe nudes, but it's not not anything sexual i think um i again this is new i'm sure i'm, I'm sure that this is going to happen because this has happened with camming so mm. yeah right interesting 
And do you know, are there, are there many men on there or do you know? know. So right now my exposure is mainly like online groups where a bunch of girls who do OnlyFans like talk. And that, that's sort of my exposure to like what the landscape is like right now. And there's no men. Okay, because I'm I'm very curious just to see what would happen if I made an account on there, yeah. and it was just totally not sexual. It's just like I'll, I'll send like private videos. I don't know, just whatever I feel like, but but with no sexual bent at all. I wonder if that would if that would have any traction, or if it would just I mean, it's completely very low fall cost flat. To try, yeah, you're, yeah. There's right. That's right. No cost to trying. Um. All right. Interesting. So, do do you feel like? do you see things you're doing that are particularly effective and you're like, Oh, I need to, I need to double down on that. That maybe other people don't quite understand or what, what's like, what's like the Ayla edge on, on OnlyFans? Is I actually don't feel that good at OnlyFans right now. Um, my edge is just that I have been working on a non-sexual brand for a few years, which is like very unusual for, for most of the girls here. This is extremely bright. Hold on. Okay. Um, so like a lot of the people who are coming to me are coming for like they're because they're interested in like this union of like a smart person who has boobs and it's like really trying to like push both of them onto you at the same time. Um, so that that would be like my my branding success. In, in regards to like marketing techniques, I've been experimenting with a bunch of small stuff, but I don't I can't say that I've really found a particular niche that hasn't already been explored by other people. Now you never post nudes or anything like that to Twitter, right? No, I mean I used to. If you scroll you, back on my feed long enough, like you 2014, okay. you'll find them. But <laughs> right, right, because I know Twitter has like a very kind of open policy with nudes and stuff like that. Yeah. So I mean, I appreciate your interest in kind of separating those a bit, but that would probably, you know, that would probably work pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> probably that's such a scary thought. I have like a yeah. weird psychology issues now around like Twitter and keeping my brand set because Ayla used to be a porn brand. That was like I, when I got into porn, I was like, I need a name Ayla. And then it like transitioned to non-porn. And then I was like, okay, now this is like a, I don't know, like a weird controversial question asking brand thing. And now going back into porn, it's just like a really bizarre and uncomfortable. Interesting. Now, could you spin up some machine learning models and make some deep fakes of yourself and then just kind of put them on like an auto scheduled, uh, kind of, uh, stream on OnlyFans. So you could like basically automate everything using deep fakes and just kind of forget about it. And you just have like a growing income every month. So maybe, maybe, you know more about this. I, I heard that one of the top earning girls on OnlyFans now is in fact virtual. Really? I know that this is the case on, um, like Chatterbait, for example, but I remember like I briefly read something about how this is actually true. Um, maybe not like of a person, but of a, of a fake. Oh, that's interesting. I got to look into that. That would be fascinating if that was the case. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So I have this kind of theory about OnlyFans and it, it, it sounds confirmed or reinforced by what you're saying, which is that I'm thinking about probably the thousands of young women who right now are, let's say in graduate school, they're doing a master's or they're doing a PhD, right? And they're smart. They're very capable, but academia, just as one example of, of, many career tracks today, Uh, super competitive. There just aren't that many spots out, no matter how smart or good you are. Uh, Your chances of having a economically viable and satisfying career in something like academia is just very, very low. Same thing for other things like journalism or whatever. Um, So there's a lot of like smart, capable young women right now who are working hard on some kind of traditional career track. And the number of spots for them is just very limited. So their chances of success are limited. Um, But if they're like, maybe in even the 70th percentile of attractiveness, right? Pretty much what we're learning from you is that they could probably starting tomorrow, start making bank immediately 
on OnlyFans. So I, it seems to me just ineluctable any, any that there's going to be at the margin a kind of mass migration of capable, smart young women if they're, if they're you know, at all attractive into this type of thing, right? This, this might be like a biased view or like a selection effect or something. Like hmm. I, you, you may be disproportionately surrounded by really sexually liberated people who like don't really <laughs> think less of someone for doing sex work. Like you're having me like on your show, you know, and that's something a lot of people wouldn't do. I, I think that like the pressure really? to not hmm. do sex work is like quite strong in other areas. But is it, so this is what, something I'm curious about getting your, your, your diagnosis on, because as someone who's kind of participating in this uh, kind of shift into OnlyFans, it, it, from the outside anyway, it looks like this is the popularization and the normalization of porn, essentially. That's what it looks like with, with looking at the data of all these people, of all these women pouring into OnlyFans. Um, you happen to have done it in the past before uh, porn, but um, my sense is there's tons of women moving into it for the first time because OnlyFans is making it both easier, but also more, a bit more private. And there's just so many people doing it now that isn't it becoming, nor- do, do you feel from your end that it's becoming normalized and the stigma is decreasing because of the new numbers of people rushing into it? I like, I kind of want to say that the thing that makes me more uncomfortable is the stigma against men. And I feel, mm-hmm. I don't know if this is true, but like based on like seeing like increased only fans references like i feel like i'm also seeing increased references to simps um or like <laughs> making fun of men for for subscribing to only fans girls so i think that actually kind of worries me more in regards to like normalization of this thing is that the target seems to be switching a little bit more towards the people that consume the media as opposed to provide it oh interesting so it's like as more women play around with porn on the internet the it's the men who are becoming the the brunt of the stigma so I don't know if this is true. This might just be like the, the sort of things I happen to be getting fed, but it's it just- That's a fascinating of- idea. That could possibly be true. Yeah. Have you developed any relationships, like friendships with the other women in these kind of tribes that you're a part of? <laughs> you mean other OnlyFans girls? Yeah. Like you said, you participate in Telegram groups and this sort of thing. Are are you becoming friendly with any of them? Is it is it like interesting socially or no? No. Okay. No. I, I'm I'm maybe less tolerant of this sort of thing than, than other girls are. I mean, I have my my core group of like girls who used to be cam girls who are still my friends, like Infinite T and Awesome Kate um, and Arietti, uh, for example. So, but those are like long term, actually good friends. And I I just don't really like <laughs> the rest of the culture. They really hate me. There's a lot of girls that like really hate my guts because uh, I tweet stuff and they've all blocked me. So I can't get into some groups where where they have influence interesting what do they hate you for just saying things that they consider to be uh incorrect like i don't i don't really know i've heard it secondhand that they don't like me but i'm sure one of any number of tweets did it and uh do your simps ever ask you kind of like intellectual questions and stuff like that they want to hear you philosophize yeah yeah Yeah. like what are they interested in i i don't know I mean, it could be anything like they pick a tweet they like and then respond to it. Like, what do you think about that? Or like sometimes it's asking my OnlyFans, like what, how do you handle this, you know, socially? Hmm. Do you think there's a, there's a functional relationship between the amount of content that you post to OnlyFans and new signups or, or, or the, or perhaps the intensity or passion of the, of the fans you do have? Like if you said, you'd, you'd, it doesn't take that much time from you, but what if you did like, for what if you did like five hours every day posting like videos would it would it accelerate would your income accelerate or is it not really work like that 
I think probably for increasing the funnel is the most important thing. Um, and by that, do you mean the top of the funnel? Yeah, the the amount of people that are like will subscribe to you on a daily basis and increasing the reset percentage are the two biggest things by far. I think I think my strategy is tends towards getting most of my revenue through subscription and not paid for view. So for me especially, this is like really key. I wonder if someone like you, since you're known for a, a more kind of intellectual bent, do you think that you could package some of the porn stuff with some kind of educational stuff, you know, like, uh, could, could you do some sort of like sexy tutoring session or something like that, uh, offer only fans where you kind of like charge for the value of like education and you're also, you get some porn out of it too. I, I have kind of thought about this. The problem is I am not educated myself. And but people see you as smart and you could easily kind of uh, frame yourself or position yourself as a kind of tutor or an expert on something. That's true. I, I might be able to like read my blog posts topless <laughs> or something. <laughs> I, I, it'd be really interesting to learn if that, if that, if that worked. Um, I think so. It, Even if people don't like it directly, I think they like the brand that it represents. Right. See, because if I was, um, you know, I, I think that's kind of what's interesting about you is because you're kind of pretty widely known and respected as a, as a internet thinker and writer. And I imagine that that does uh, feed into your, however your sexual fans see you. I'm sure part of that, that, that attraction or that brand that you have as a, as a sexual icon or whatever is inflected somewhat by your kind of your intellectual brand also. So it seems to me like my wager, obviously I'm just a, a third party bystander to all of this, but my mental model of where of where the culture is going is I, I suspect you'll see more people who do these kind of interesting, weird combinations where you actually do, you know, I can imagine you, for instance, uh, really kind of developing your brand on OnlyFans um, with like educational content or something like that. I, this, is a, this is the world that I want to be true. I would love if this could actually be really successful. I think I'm maybe less optimistic about it than you are. Right. Yeah. Well, who knows if, if my, my hunch is right at all. There's only one way to find out really. And that's um, uh, experimentally, right? And, and actually, that's a good question. Do you, what kind of data do you, you get as a use, as a, as a uh, what would you call it? Like a, um, um, a poster or what, whatever, a user of OnlyFans. Um, do you get data on the system at large at all? Like, do you know, or is that all kind of opaque to you? Yeah. It, they don't really tell you much about statistics beyond like your own earnings. Do they give you analytics on your own content, like how many views a picture gets or this kind of stuff? No, I don't think that's so. interesting. So you, you don't actually know anything about the performance of individual things you post. Um, that is correct. I mean, you can see likes um, and stuff and comments and sometimes tips, but I don't really know the views. I, I don't really feel like the views are that interesting. Like I'm, I'm imagining like seeing the views on my stuff and, well, I just mean for developing a, a kind of a brand content strategy, you would want to have some measurement of different items, right? Yeah. I mean, if it, I, it would be more relevant if I were like sending out unlockable content and then it like had an impact on what people decided to pay for it to see, I think. Mm. Um, I mean, and, and there's maybe an impact on like resubscribe rate. Like if, if I'm posting these things and over time my subscribe rate resub rate goes up that that would be good but i would it'd be interesting if like because are, are there any limitations on the file types that you can sell like does it have to be a photo or video or yeah. can you upload like a pdf i don't think 
you haven't <laughs> tried to do that. I don't think you can, but maybe you can. Because it'd be cool if you like did some sort of like really brainy, creative, intellectual kind of like blog post, but you you kind of mixed in to it like porn pictures, and you kind of like <laughs> and and you sold the PDF like as a as an item or something like that. I, I did I did post um, some results from an old survey I I done on my OnlyFans, and I felt really good. Interesting. But, but I think like I have this fantasy of the world where like the thing that turns people on is like intellectual shit. But I, I really don't think that's true. Like when I was a cam girl, I, I was like slowly figured out the way to be to make more money. And very much it was use simple words like don't like talk fast about concepts and use terms like that is going to make people leave your room immediately. Like be really clear, be really basic and like, don't go too much into concepts because oh, really stop paying you. Interesting. So that that was a conventional wisdom in the cam world. And you believed that to be true. I, well, other people didn't have that problem because I don't think they were doing, or they already understood that they weren't supposed to do this. And I, I figured it out by like trial and error over years. Interesting. So you feel like complex language was a turnoff and, and you did do better if you simplified it? Absolutely. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So th- I'm just like really pessimistic about the idea that like intellectual content can like make a significant bump. I think it's good for niche. I think that I can probably get like maybe a core of like 30 really dedicated people with that. But if you want to make any sort of significant money, the, the attention just really isn't there unless you get like a much wider platform. Like if I right. went on like Joe Rogan or something, then sure, like that would work. But Fascinating. Okay. Interesting. We got an interesting question here from uh, Jeffrey Miller. Shout out to Jeffrey. He says... How much general social stigma do you, Ayla, think women face if they're doing high-end escort work versus sugaring versus traditional porn versus camming versus OnlyFans? Will OnlyFans be less stigmatized? So I think he's kind of asking for what's your sense of the the rank of, of stigma across these different forms of, of sex work? I think I think my favorite approach to this question is the stigma inside sex worker culture about different kinds of sex work. I think that, I don't know, I like to imagine that that's, you know, really illuminating or at least a good, like, proxy for the way society sees it. But, Mm -hmm. like, inside sex work culture, OnlyFans is too new, so I'm going to leave that out. But, um, so, like, clothed camming is on the top of the food chain, and then at the very bottom is, uh, like, low-end escorting. Um, And so, like, the more uh, interactive you are with the, the person, like, in person, um, and the more clothes and sexually explicit you are off, you you are than the lower you are. Um, so OnlyFans, I don't know if it really has a specific ranking, mainly because people can approach it in such dramatically different ways. Like I think a clothed OnlyFans girl probably is not very stigmatized at all. Right, but you, uh, there's an issue here where you don't really know what an OnlyFans uh, adult star is doing in on in private, right? So like you. You can say that you only do fully clothed photos, but actually you're selling naked photos on the, on the download to some people who pay you a lot for it, right? Isn't that possible? Yeah. And I think, I mean, I think that's kind of common. Like this was also common in the cam girl world. Like everybody be like, oh no, you know, I would never like fuck my members in person. And, but then you always have those girls who are like on the down low are like, well, <laughs> don't tell anyone, but. Right. So this is the problem. If I were to do a kind of uh, goofy experiment of trying to do a kind of launch my own OnlyFans. And I say, like, I'm just I'm just going to be, like, selling PDFs on it or something. People will be like, yeah, right, Justin. We know what you're doing on the sly. 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think probably a lot of it depends on the branding. I mean, the the way that you present. So if you're like a girl who's like in your freshman year of college and you start an OnlyFans, and like if your parents find out they're going to be really mad and your friends, like you can be like, no, don't worry. It's just clothes. Like one of your friends is going to buy your OnlyFans to see if you're telling the truth. And so like, it's just like with that level, I, I think that if you can like really sell the story that you are not be doing a sexual thing, I think it's probably fine. Mm, right. So Okay, so I'm curious in your in your survey of the lay of the land since you've been on there for a month, do you notice are there are there particular things that the successful OnlyFans girls do that that are kind of notable and 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 also notable things that the less successful OnlyFans girls do? Like what distinguishes the most successful from the least successful? What's the most predictive of that, do you think? Um so one of my favorite examples is uh Point 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 Dexter. I don't really know how to say her name, but yeah. she was. I think okay. I'm gonna get all of these facts wrong, but something like this. She was like a lawyer or a data analyst, um, and she's like, I don't know how old she. She's not like very young, and she had never done any sort of sex work before, I believe. And now she's. Oh, I'm holding my computer. Sorry. Sure. And now she's making a, a really significant amount of money. And um, she, she, her strategy is, she, I think she might put more effort outside of OnlyFans than inside, like to posting funnel. She, she is basically is an incredible funnel and is constantly creating content and posting it elsewhere with like her links to OnlyFans. Mm. And that seems to be the primary uh, thing. And she also like has a subscription-based model as opposed to like a pay-to-view model. Like she's very heavy on the make all your money through the subscription thing. Um, yeah, so that seems like it's what the the most popular girls are doing are like really significant funnels, um, and and keep retaining customers. And by that you mean they're putting most of their effort into public stuff. Yes, that that brings people in. Right. 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 Fascinating. So, do you feel like um, do you, do you think that there are lessons you've learned from your move into OnlyFans that perhaps illuminate other aspects of the internet or of, you know, these, this new world of digital hustles, you know? So like, for instance, I, I wonder if doing OnlyFans gives you a kind of more purified or illuminating kind of perspective on, on kind of the, the crowdfunded economy more generally, right? Like, do you have lessons for people who are doing Patreon maybe from some, some aspect of human nature that gets revealed all the more radically through OnlyFans, anything like that? Um, there's two things I'm thinking of here. One is the the surprise that I have around OnlyFans economic model compared to camming. Um, and also like advice. I mean, but the advice would mainly be like really try and expand like the kind of awareness that other people have of you in general. Um, so with OnlyFans, this is like posting to Reddit, for example. And I don't know what the niche would be for you. Um, I think it's probably much harder for other people without clear things like Reddit, which is very easy and simple to do. Um, but like, for example, like me coming on this podcast, like I, I enjoy it and I like talking to you and I would do this anyway, but like also this serves as like boosting the signal. For little. sure. Yeah. I'm sure um, of the 19 people who are gathered here today, a few of them are going to become paying subscribers tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Um, and, and the second part is uh the surprise that I have around the model of OnlyFans. So if if you had asked me for like predictions of the sorts of things that work well when it comes to the sex industry, um, based on my experience of camming, I would have given you like a completely wrong answer. Oh, really? Like, in regards to predicting what makes OnlyFans good. Like with my free cams, a huge 
part of what makes you successful is the competition. Like the men get to see each other and compete against each other with money. Um, and the girl's like very public. There's not really much private interaction. Whereas OnlyFans is completely on its head. Um, mm. You don't have whales. Like just whales are gone now. I've had heard so many girls talking about how like the people that used to give them all of their money are just like gone from the face of the earth, but they're still mm. making more money from like a whole bunch of little people. Um, and this is like, like blasphemy when it comes to, to cam girl strategy. Um, and there's also like much more personalized interaction. And so, and I did not think this was going to work. I thought that like the thing that worked was competition, but, but also this is a really viable strategy. And I think it's tapping into like a type of the market that wasn't available before. That is fascinating. I'm really glad you shared that with us because that, that is quite profound. It's also kind of profound because that essentially has regressive income effects. In other, in other words, the rich guys are getting off relatively easy and the poorer guys are paying relatively more. So that's kind of interesting. For OnlyFans? Well, if, if what you're saying is true that back in the day, it was w- widely understood that uh, successful adult stars made much of their money off of a small number of presumably quite wealthy men who paid much more than the other men. You could argue that's a more progressive distribution, right? Uh, whereas the, the compression that you're referring to now where the whales go away, it's essentially yeah. a kind of uh, regressive uh, effect yeah. on, on the, on the, it's a regressive income effect. In other words, uh, where the smaller guys are, are, are paying more relatively and, and the, and the, so in other words, what I'm saying is the, the rich guys who back in the day would have been whales are getting way more value relative to what they're coughing up. For some, like, I feel kind of the opposite, like, mm. um, yet like now, the poorer you are, the better shot you have at getting what you want. Like, okay. If, as, if you're in a cam girl's room and you've got 20 bucks to spare, you can pay her that $20 and the kind of attention you get from her or like the sense, I mean, even if this isn't true, like the sense of a personalized connection, like lasts for maybe a minute um, and is gone forever. Here you get like ongoing access to her content with this $20 and she's probably going to talk to you. It's like, it's so different. And it really feels like I'm suddenly paying a lot more attention to people with a lot less money and much less attention to people with a lot more money. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I think my comment had more to do with just the, the income effects, but you're saying, you're saying the actual value that people get from what they're paying for is a a kind of net gain for all of the subscribers that you have. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, that's probably why it's blowing up, right? Cause it's a win. It sounds like it's a win-win for everyone. So that's why it's taking off. Yeah. Um, Fascinating. But you said you don't put that much, you don't really put that much uh, labor time into it. So you can't be, you can't be developing like particularly deep relationships with anyone. I, I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah, that's true. But it doesn't take much. It's just like, hi, you know, I send like messages maybe twice a day, just go through really fast and be like, hey, what's up? I kind of feel like me talking so blatantly about my OnlyFans experience is going to lose me some subscribers, but that's okay. No, I think people will respect you for your honesty. Now, uh, what can someone expect if they become a subscriber of yours? So you pretty much said before they'll get a kind of regular feed of of nudes, and uh, then if they want better stuff, they can they have to pay for that separately. Is there any is there any kind of like face to face? Like, will people get to talk with you at all or no? So OnlyFans ha- does have an option for live streaming, which I haven't tried yet. Um, and I don't believe you can do this privately. Um, I don't know if they have any plans for integrating like through the platform personal interaction. And it is, 
scary or against the terms of the service or something to try and transition off the platform for like a paid thing. So if, if I wanted to have a one-on-one with you that you're paying for, like there's no way to do that through the OnlyFans platform and it's scary to try and move off. Um, so right now, not quite. You can have uh, audio clips. You can send audio clips back and forth right now. Okay. And have you, have you been propositioned in any way that you uh, had to reject or have you had any crazy requests or crazy inbound anything that uh, has been horrible or particularly notable? I don't, I, I, this is a very common question when people are asking about sex work, like what's the craziest thing people want you to do? And I feel like I just don't remember it when it happens because it's so not like meaningful or relevant to me. Like some will be like, Hey baby, like I want to see your come over your own face, suck your fingers, put your head in a hole. And I'm like, I just don't even hear it anymore. Right. So Interesting. I want I, to be able to give you a good answer, but. Okay. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, I think I came across recently someone saying that as a adult star on OnlyFans, you can you can let people pay you to for them to send you like dick pics and shit like that. Is that real? I I haven't tried this. I've heard of it or like like ten bucks for a dick rating or something. Yeah, I've heard dick ratings. That's something you can sell, right? Yeah, I th- I I was under the impression that you just have them pay you ten dollars and then you tell them what you think of your dicks. I have received dick pics that. I did not get money for on OnlyFans. Right. But you can say like, if you want a dick rating for me, yeah. 10 bucks, 20 bucks, whatever you want to price it at. And then they're like allowed to send you their dick pic and then you yeah. give them a rating. I think that's hilarious. That's like an, that's a hilarious commodity to offer. There's, um, there's, I, I read a guide to, to dick, dick ratings, which is, you always say 8.5. It's just the standard. <laughs> that's just the answer no you give to, to everyone. Then you have like 8.5. <laughs> Well, that makes sense, actually, that women would converge on one answer because, you know, too high, it's going to have bad effects. <laughs> too low, it's going to have bad effects, probably. Yeah. 8.5. Yeah, that's and if funny. if you're doing it mass, like a lot of girls will do this who have thousands of followers. And you, so you get like hundreds of, you know, payments for these dick pics. So like you can't just like copy paste 8.5. <laughs> yeah, um, that's hilarious. I wonder if given your brand of kind of the, you know, cerebral high IQ kind of tech e-girl uh, slash adult star. I wonder if you could do something where like you offer to uh, kind of like read someone's like blog post <laughs> and, and give and give like a review or something like that. Uh, I wonder. I, I would, if you, I would happily do that for payment. <laughs> I, yeah, it's fascinating. The problem it's, is it's not as good to do things that aren't scalable. So if somebody asks for me for a custom photo, I'm much more likely to do that if it's something that I can resell later on. If it's like, say my name, you know, while you like whisper in your own butthole with the teeth, <laughs> like, like I'm not going to do that because I can't sell it again. Right. Right. Yeah. Now, at what point of income on OnlyFans do you have to really start thinking? Because like, this is so much money for you all of a sudden. Like, are you thinking now, like, should I hire a manager to help scale this or this are you thinking about these types of questions yep so share 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 with us a little bit about where you at in that regard like what what's kind of the the strategic vision moving forward uh this this is the one thing that i think i probably don't want to talk about right now okay because competition or what um because i think manager is like actually bad branding like if people know that i'm working with a manager or thinking about working manager or might have in the past or in the future, anything around this, it feels like, like actually dangerous to income for me. Oh, is that right? Why? Because you think your fans dislike it? Yes. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. 
Okay. Fair enough. No problem. Yeah. yeah. Do you feel like there's anything I'm curious? Like, are there, you said one example before of something that you believed previously, but it was totally overturned by uh, getting involved in OnlyFans. Uh, was there anything else? I'm kind of curious. Like, are there, are there, did you have priors that you brought into this that were, that were similarly shocked in any other way? I mean, besides the competition thing, I, I think that was, that's primarily it. Right. I wonder if, is there, are there ways that you can kind of reintroduce that element at all? Um, I guess it's all very siloed is what you're saying. Like the experience is, is very contained and between you and your followers and there's not really much competitive uh, dynamics yeah. in, in the OnlyFans interface. I'm trying a raffle right now where people can see what other people are tipping. Um, and I'm going to like draw a name of somebody who tipped for the thing and then they get a prize. Um, mm. And this is not performing as well as maybe it would have on my free cams. It's, it's mm. really hard to compare directly. There might be other things at play, um, but I, I, I actually don't think that the competition works as well here. That's interesting. I wonder in your case, if possibly live streaming on YouTube would be a really good top of the funnel thing because you're smart and verbal and you have, I'm sure you have no problem just talking a lot about ideas and whatever you're you're interested in. And like YouTube is like, there's tons of people on YouTube right now because of the pandemic. Like my view counts for pretty much everything I do is higher than average. So I feel like if you just like fired up a YouTube and just uh, did that some somewhat regular regularly and just mentioned like at the beginning and the end that you're on OnlyFans, I wonder if that, I wonder if that could be powerful for you. Yeah, it depends. It's it's like you have to make the trade off of like time spent doing a thing versus subscribers. So like on Reddit, if you get a good upvote, like it takes you five minutes to do the whole thing, and then you might get like thirty subscribers, um, because like the amount of people that like on YouTube, I'm imagining it would probably take at least several months to get a view count where I would start to see any sort of impact on my subscriber count on OnlyFans. Um, yeah, so I like the maybe. idea. It's it's just like in regards to efficiency, it's probably not top of the list. It's a good question, honestly. I, I, I would love to hear if, if what your results were either positive or negative. I think there's honestly some probability above zero that uh, if you literally just fired up a live stream on YouTube like tomorrow and you tweeted a link, you tweeted a link to the live stream and just talked for like 15 minutes and just at the beginning and the end, you just mentioned that you had an OnlyFans. If you're interested, go to this link. Um, I think there's a decent chance you could actually get um, like some number of subscribers even just from doing that once. Uh, so you could, you could learn pretty quickly if it's, if it's, if it's worth it or not. Yeah. I, I actually think I would predict that I would see a, a boost in resub rate over subscriber count. Um, mm-hmm. it might be worth it for just like strengthening the existing brand for people who already are paying attention to me, which is what happened with camming. I, I feel like I'm talking about camming so much, but, mm-hmm. um, like there were definitely some things which got me like a certain amount of attention that didn't actually increase the amount of people that paid me, but increased my value in the eyes of people who are, were already paying me. And, right. I, and what you're describing sounds like it would be much more likely to do that. Yeah, that's true. I guess there is this kind of idea in the content creator world that uh, personalized kind of FaceTime with people is is really valuable to subscribers and fans or whatever. And so it sounds like if OnlyFans doesn't actually have an interface for that kind of live streaming functionality where you can regularly kind of give them this this feeling of live interaction, um, I feel like that, that, that could be uh, a, a type of creative play that, that could pay itself off. So OnlyFans does have it. Uh, have a live stream. It's just not private, so you can do a generalized one, very similar. Oh, okay. And oh, and it goes to all your subscribers. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's cool then. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. And the Reddit, the the subreddits that you participate in as top of the funnel activity, 
are those um, are those community subreddits on other topics or are those like uh, porn related subreddits? They're porn. So like, what are examples of them? I'm curious, like, what are they called? Like r slash titty drop is one. So, so there, I have a list that I'm like planning on really going for um, that I haven't adorable porn. Cause I'm like, I like cute faces. Um, the ratio. Uh, I think there's like a sexy tummies one. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Do you get data on the demographics of who your audience is on OnlyFans? Like the types of subscribers that you have? Do you know anything about them? Uh, it, not officially, but I have a thing where if you subscribe, I send you an automatic message being like, hey, thank you, blah, blah, blah. Also, if you tell me where you found me, I will send you a titty pic. Um, so like a good chunk. Oh, okay. So you can kind of, um, you can incentivize them to give you customer data, basically. Yes. Um, and right yeah. now, the majority of my followers come from Twitter. Okay, interesting. That's a, that's pretty clever because I wonder if you if you really developed a serious play on that front and you could get a good amount of data on all of your subscribers on OnlyFans, you could leverage that powerfully, right? You could imagine doing like Facebook ad campaigns targeting the people that you know are the types of people who want to buy your porn, that kind of thing. I. I I like that idea. It's really hard to advertise anywhere besides porn sites. Although right. if you were doing like a secondary thing, like if I were advertising something that wasn't porn and then from that, then that might work. Dude, that's the play, I think. Yeah, you like you you advertise like what you what you could do if you wanted to is you could get you could develop like one prong of your strategy is developing like your 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 kind of above ground intellectual blog content, you know, like making videos, making blogs or whatever, ebooks, whatever you want you know, of like the stuff you think and the stuff you write, um, which people are interested in in its own right. But then like have a very clever uh, kind of uh, wrap that wrap that cleverly into a funnel for OnlyFans also. Yeah. Uh, and, and you could use like data that you've collected about your OnlyFans subscribers to pretty much market, yeah, the, the kind of above ground content to people who you already know in advance are, have a high propensity of wanting to buy your porn. That sounds great, yeah. Fascinating. Many, many opportunities. Well, I don't want to keep you too long. I feel like this has been a really interesting, pretty deep dive into OnlyFans and how it works. Um, I'm, I'm kind of curious to maybe just briefly, if you don't have to run right now, open it up to if there's anything I haven't asked you about that, maybe you're you're kind of chomping at the bit to share. I remember we chatted in DMs at one point and you, and you, and you just said, like, you have so many thoughts about it. Uh, so I'm just kind of curious, is, is there anything we haven't touched that uh, people might find interesting? I remember thinking about one thing. I'm probably not going to remember it though. I should have. That's right. That's right. Um, uh, yeah. No, I think that's uh, all the things. And what would you what would you say to people who are thinking about getting into this OnlyFans? Like, are there pitfalls to be aware of, or or are there um, like really important uh, tips or tricks that that are that people should be aware of? Uh, any anything you'd like to impart for uh, people who might be thinking about doing this for the first time? I, I actually kind of want to discourage it a little bit, um, okay. mainly because uh, I think viewing girls who are doing really well already um, might be like kind of one, a biased thing. You're not really seeing the girls that aren't doing very well. Um, and um, fuck how my brain just hold on. That's right. Oh, right. So, so me and a lot of the girls I know who are doing well came out of already having an established fan base online or having done porn or camming or something like that for a long time. And so if you are just starting with this, um, it might be like really shitty at first. It might be like a very 
slow process to gain subscribers. Um, so don't go into this being like, yes, instant money, just pouring on my face. You know, it's going to be super easy. It's probably not going to be easy. If it were really actually that easy, um, then we'd probably see like a very different kind of market online. Yeah, that's interesting. I suspect it's easy if you already have an audience on some platform, right? Because some of those people will convert to becoming uh, subscribers on OnlyFans. But if you don't already have an audience, there's probably no... There's, is there any internal discovery process in the platform? Like are, are subscribers to Ayla shown some kind of feed where they're exposed to new people they might want to subscribe to? Or is there none of that? So I, I think that there is some sort of recommendation thing. I haven't really spent too much time on the, like, the buyer side. There is this huge ecosystem of girls advertising each other. It's like this big internal trade. Like you can pay other girls to post you on their feed. Really? This is a massive thing. So this is one thing to look into if maybe you're just starting out um, is to like find another girl who's like kind of similar to you in pricing and appearance and then be like, hey, like either we swap ads. So I post a thing of you, you post a thing of me, or I'll just pay you. Have you done any of these advertising partnerships with anyone? Yeah. I tried a few. Um yeah, I don't, it's, it's hard to tell if it's worth it. I think that like, I probably need to put much more effort into it to like identify a good person in order to like actually get something out of it. Right. Interesting. So you were actually saying people, you would discourage people from doing this because you think it's harder than it seems and many people would fail and it would kind of suck. Well, I, I just want to be realistic, like hearing mm. me talk about it being like, yay, I made like, you know, this amount of money in one month and like citing all these huge figures. Um, like I just I just want to like caution that this is this is actually like the end result of a lot of work that I did earlier in my life in this sort of field. So it's like it's pretty unlikely that you will just be able to like skyrocket to that point really fast. Um, okay, interesting. Now, but what if you're hot? It can't be that hard, right? If you're hot and you're willing to put out pictures on in like public places like Reddit's or Twitter or whatever. Yeah. I mean, right. I mean, I guess I, I'm. I guess I'm thinking if. If you're, let's say you have a Twitter following, even a modest one of like any, any anywhere above like, let's say 2000 Twitter followers, and you're like in the 75th percentile of hotness or higher, like you can, it's probably pretty easy to make a good amount of money probably, I would yeah. think, right? Or no? It, it depends on what range you're talking about. I think probably if you have 2000 Twitter followers and you're in the 75th percentile range and you work pretty hard, you can probably easily hit at least 2K a month. I think seems pretty reasonable over like, like give work for a month and then you probably will hit around $2,000 a month. Right. Right. Yeah. And actually while we're talking about hotness, what, what's your sense of like the average hotness on the platform? Are there like a fair number of like pretty unattractive people or is it all very hot chicks? There's everyone. I mean, again, it's very similar to camming. I mean, I think if you want to like see a more accessible version of what OnlyFans is, go check out like a cam site, scroll down the feed and like get a sense of like what it's, what the attractiveness is like and the attractiveness of the top girls versus the bottom ones. And I think you'll see a very, very similar sort of distribution on OnlyFans. Okay. Right. And so you're, you're basically saying it's a high variance. Yeah. And, and you don't have to be that attractive and you can still probably make some sort of money. All right. All right. Fascinating. Fascinating. Well, thank you so much for being candid and for uh, giving us a, a glimpse uh, on the inside of how OnlyFans works and sharing you know, your tips and, and, and tactics. I, you were very forthcoming, so I appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. And you, you're very good at asking questions. Like You have a, like a, a question like no matter what part of the conversation we're in, which is really cool. Oh, that's cool. I really appreciate that. I, I definitely have not always been, I don't think, um, but perhaps I've gotten better at it. So I, that means a lot to me. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Well, best of luck. I'm, uh, Ayla, I'm very happy for you, honestly, because, you know, it's, it's good for you that I'm just 
it's awesome that you're making mad money and that your life is pretty much like kind of transformed pretty rapidly for the better. So I'm very happy for you. And uh, yeah, I mean, something I want to say just real quick before we wrap up is that like, I'm actually a pretty like crude Christian dude. And and I, I, I'm like, not really into like sex things. Uh, I, I tend to think like the this proliferation of sexual liberalism is like, uh, very questionable, honestly, for like the good of society. But personally, like, I think that whoring, like, I think whoring your brain is worse than whoring your body, honestly. Like, I, I think whoring your brain is just as evil <laughs> or potentially even more evil. And I think we all kind of in a kind of contemporary uh, civilization, we're all kind of forced to, you know, play different games. And 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 I don't know. I mean, uh, so, so yeah, I'm just like, I'm very non-judgmental in that regard. Um, but I'm kind of just like wanted to add to what you said about, like, I'm just trying to make clear. I'm not, I'm not like telling everyone they should get into this. You know, like, I don't think it's, I don't think, I think it's complicated. Right. And I think everyone has to be the judge for themselves of, of like what they believe in and what they're comfortable with. So I'm definitely not trying to, I'm very, I'm just very curious and very open-minded and I'm, I don't like judge or censure uh, this type of, of adult work. Um, but I'm just trying to also make clear to people listening to this that I'm not like super telling people to do it either. <laughs> I would never have guessed based on, on how, how open you are. Yeah, well, no, I mean, I'm I'm a bit of a prude and Christian type, like in my own personal mm. lifestyle, you know. But I, but I'm, I'm just genu- genuinely open minded and curious, and I don't pretend to know what's good for other people, and I don't pretend, you know. And I honestly think, like, I really do think that actually, even from a Christian perspective, I think whoring out your brain is like more sinful than whoring out your body, frankly. I know that we're like at the end of a thing, but I have quite, like what? <laughs> oh, you go for it. I'm not in a rush. If if you're not in a rush, I'm not in a rush. Wait, what part of the Bible are you citing here? Oh, none, none. I'm not like I'm not a good Christian or, or like okay. a well a well educated one or anything like that. I'm just saying I have a I have a kind of uh, country bumpkin like Christian uh, provincial kind of like moral uh, taste buds myself personally. Okay, so it's like your general sense of morality is that like pouring your brain is bad, but it's not like necessarily a Christian thing. You just also happen to be kind of Christian culture. Yeah, yeah, I'm not making some kind of like a uh, big like sophisticated Christian theological argument or whatever. I'm just saying uh I see I see uh kind of culture and sex things j- the same way I see like um media things. Like I think like violence in movies, I think there's way too much violence in movies and violence in video games. Like I think that I think it's actually bad and should I, I would like I would prefer to live in a world where there's like less violence in movies and video games personally, but I'm not like, you know, uh some boomer like uh censuring or telling kids not to watch you know, violent movies or it should be banned or anything like that. You know what I mean? So um, it's like your personal aesthetic of the world involves a world where there's less violence. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Or, or on some level, I'm really just testifying to my own uh, very idiosyncratic kind of taste buds, which is to say like, I don't like seeing uh, violence in movies. Like I, I shudder at it. I'm uncomfortable with it. And same thing with sex. I don't like seeing sex in movies. Like I find sex scenes in movies uh, to be like very painful and difficult to watch. I mean, I like having sex. I'm, you know, I'm like a healthy, you know, I'm sexually healthy and, uh, and have like pretty, I think, normal levels of, of, uh, you know, sexual chemicals and all of that. But seeing, seeing sex in movies, like I, I could do without it. Uh, and I think we'd probably have a better society if, if like sex in movies was banned. <laughs> do you watch porn? I try not to, and I do think um, as a as a man, as a as I do think that adult men should should uh, try not to. I think it's better for adult men to not, especially if you're married. Um, but I'm honest enough to say that uh, sometimes I sin and watch porn. Yeah. Are you subscribed to r slash nofap? 
No, I'm not like uh, gung ho on any of these kind of like uh, anti porn or anti masturbation things, but I am sympathetic to them a bit. Like I, I, I do think that, uh, especially if you're an adult married man, I do think that um, watching porn can uh, have very unwholesome effects on your life. I, I do think masturbating can have unwholesome effects on your life, uh, for sure. I, I, I do think those things, um, but I'm not. I'm, I'm no you know, I'm not an angel, you know, <laughs> I, I, I sin and I, 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 I succumb to temptation sometimes. Uh, so I'm honest about that. And that's one reason why I don't judge anyone because who am I to judge? You know, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm no perfect person. Um, but no, the only reason I even uh, kind of brought the conversation into, into this is because, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I genuinely don't think that doing OnlyFans or selling nude pictures or selling, selling videos of, of having sex. I genuinely, even though I'm a kind of prude Christian type of person, I honestly don't think that selling nudes or selling sex videos on OnlyFans is any worse than selling your brain essentially to some like mainstream institution who you pretty much whore your brain out to. You know, I think like uh, people who are like writers or authors who pretty much just like tow a kind of mainstream ideological line for their own income and status. I honestly think that's like a more a, a far more evil and sinful uh kind of compromise with with the devil then i think only fans is i think like sharing nude pictures and sharing sex videos is actually relatively inane compared to the different types of like compromises with the devil that other people make i think the, the vocabulary you're using is it's really funny because it's funny because i just went through this whole like interview with you talking like very explicitly about porn and then and then i'm hearing like words like sin and devil and i know you're not judging it or anything it's just like a funny sort of like aesthetic contrast between the two discussions right yeah i yeah i certainly hope you don't feel judged in any way whatsoever obviously i think you're cool i think you're cool and i consider you a friend and i i yeah so so yeah no not at all i just i guess i have a um i don't know i i see the i see the world like suffused with sin honestly i i I see sin everywhere um i think i think i think to survive in uh modern civilization we are essentially forced to make all kinds of compromises with the devil. And I I see that everywhere, honestly. What's that? You keep saying the devil. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't believe in like mythological creatures or like superstitious supernatural entities. Um, But I do think that uh, the devil is a perfectly defensible uh, kind of social scientific category. Like, like the, the devil is just a kind of uh, loose anthropomorphic uh, kind of shorthand for real forces. I think. I mean, you used to be a Christian fundamentalist. Do you do you not agree on some level with what I'm saying? Um, I don't think I think like I I believed in the devil as a mythological creature, and do, now I, I don't. And, do you and, think that do you th- do you think that evil is a thing, or like just extreme bad? Right. I mean, you're you're a rationalist, right? So you must think that there is on some level. Um, wrongdoing, like there's a meaningful uh, sense of, or, or there's there's some meaningful way of naming serious wrongdoing, right? So it's so like on some level, yes. Like you can be like, hey, you stole my ice cream. Like that's wrong, right? So, and, and on that level, I'm like, I'm down with, I'm you, it's like a word that conveys like a quick thing. Um, I think philosophically on like a very deep level, n- no, I don't think it's very sensical at all. Hmm. I don't think I believe in e- evil or wrongness. Fair enough. But if you think that there is that wrongdoing is a thing and, and there, there's good, good behavior and bad behavior, when I say the devil or, you know, satanic forces or any of these kinds of silly terms, 
all I'm talking about are the uh, kind of dimensions of human nature that pull us or gravitate towards towards wrongdoing, right? Like as human beings, there are many there are many pressures, right, that that pull us in uh, in the direction of of bad behaviors, right? You can tell that on a totally scientific evolutionary type of uh, uh, explanatory model. Yeah, like so, you like non-prosocial, like like selfish behavior is what you mean when you say bad. In some contexts, that would be that would represent it. Yeah. So, for instance, like defect, like uh, defecting from positive sum games, right? Like uh, you can always like make you can make promises to cooperate with someone, right, and then screw them over uh, because it's in your own interest, right? But it's bad. It's 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 an it's a net welfare loss, and uh, it, it's bad for the other person also. Uh, there there are like at many margins good reasons to act like to act in a shitty way, um, and I I think that the that uh, kind of suffuses that suffuses civilization. Like in a lot of ways, I think the whole kind of Christian teaching is pretty much like these shorthands that uh, uh, m- try to make people alert to the many ways throughout human life. You're constantly, uh, it's going to constantly be in your self-interest to kind of fuck people over. But if you do that, it's really unwise. And uh, it's, uh, if you can simply commit to a whole, to a wholesome lifestyle um, that in, in the end, actually it's like super rational to do that. I have a desire to continue, but also I have a desire to not continue right now because uh, I have other things I need to to get to doing. Yeah, of course, we've been talking for some time now. So, uh, but I would I would yeah. be possibly curious and because <laughs> like I have a whole bunch of questions coming up around. Well, uh, Ayla, if you enjoyed this talk as much as you enjoyed the first one, we can absolutely do a third one at some point for sure. I would love that. <laughs> And I wish you luck with all of the cool people that I'm sure you have lined up for for this series. Thank you very much. Thank you for kicking it off with me. Um, I'm I'm sorry if I brought this into weird territory. I wasn't judging you whatsoever at all. I no, think- I, I didn't mean that you were judging me. I just it was just it was just amusing to me to like have that. Yes, I- <laughs> have that like the the porn interview like into talking about sin. It's just very funny. Yes, of course. Well, I I, I get I get what you're saying for sure. Uh, you know, I'm not a very like polished or professional interviewer, and I'm just a kind of crazy guy with a lot of weird ideas. So uh, sometimes I I blurt out like weird ideas that uh, have no connection to anything we were just discussing, and all of a sudden uh, people have no idea where we're going. But I think I yeah. I, I like it. Whatever you're doing, I- you're doing it. Uh, if for what it's worth, the people that are in the room with us right now uh, said that they liked it too. They're like, oh, this is getting juicy now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, Ayla, I'm very happy for you. I'm glad things are working out for you. And uh, thank you so much for being so candid. I think people will find this very interesting. And uh, uh, I think there's a lot to learn here for other people who are pursuing any number of other kind of adjacent digital hustles. Uh, this, this has been chock full of interesting kind of uh, economic, social, and strategic and tactical insights. So thank you again so much for sharing. It's my pleasure. All right, Ayla, I'll see you around. All right, you're, you're free to go now. Okay, bye-bye. See you later. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you thought that was cool, then don't forget to subscribe. And it would be even cooler if you left a review. I'd appreciate that. And yeah, just to learn more about what I'm up to, you can check out theotherlifenow.com. That's all. And I will see you around the internet.